welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life Obstacles. And this is Jerry McGee, Providing Life Ministries, Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas, 75771. We'll be broadcasting live, the Lord willing, the first and second, first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Time. So we appreciate you listening in, and we apologize for all the confusion. Uh, tonight I'm going to be teaching on the repercussions of rebellion, and each time that we come on the radio, I'll be teaching principles of how to live the overcoming life. And basically it's come out of me um, going through things and asking God what I needed to do in the midst of my trials. And that's a good word for you to do too, is when you go through a trial, if you don't remember anything else, ask God what he's trying to teach you because there's a lesson in everything you go through. And the answer is always found in God's word. Um, tonight, when I get through teaching, if you need prayer, you want to call in uh, and have personal prayer at 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1. Um, so let's begin by prayer. Lord, we come before your throne. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that you're our king, our God, our Lord, our master, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And, Father, we thank you that you're the commander-in-chief of all the armies of heaven. We thank you that you're in control of this world, that you've um, allowed um, Satan to reign for a time. But, Lord, we thank you that you're coming again to rescue us out of this place. We thank you, Father, that we've been seated with you in heavenly places far above principalities and powers. Thank you that we overcome in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We thank you, Lord, that when we're weak, we're strong, that your strength is made perfect in our weakness, not in our strength. Lord, I ask you, bless you to bring down your kingdom upon me and upon Dorothy and upon every person who's listening in. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that we uh, will you will send forth your ministering angels to minister to each person. Lord, we pray that you'll be glorified tonight. We pray that blind eyes will see. We pray for signs and wonders to accompany the teaching of your word. And, Father, we thank you that your word is spirit and life. You watch over your word to perform it, and that signs and wonders accompany the teaching of your word. We bind the strong man over every person who's listening in tonight or who listens in during the day. Any person who listens in, Lord, we cover them with the blood of Jesus. We, in the name of Jesus, uh, Bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over myself, uh, the things that concern me, my family, over Dorothy, her family, in the name of Jesus, over each person who's listening in, Lord, over our president, in Jesus' name. We just pray a special covering of warrior angels around us and over us to boomerang back on the enemy, every curse and assignment that's sent against us, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we bless each person who listens in with the fear of the Lord, the conviction of sin, spirit of repentance, in Jesus' name. We just ask, Father, the eyes of every heart be enlightened in the name, power, blood, and by the authority of Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. So the title of this message is The Repercussions of Rebellion. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 15:23 that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and all iniquity is as idolatry. And God wants to bless his children, but the scripture says that there are conditions to his uh, blessing us. The scripture says that if how blessed is the man who puts his trust in the Lord. 
the scripture says that when uh, when we're disobedient children, that God disciplines every son whom he loves, and he uses the powers of darkness to discipline us. If you pictured um, God's refuge, like Psalm 91, as long as we're in God's refuge, uh, we're safe. Uh, another word for saying, uh, other words for being in God's refuge is walking in the spirit. The scripture says you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Um, the, the scripture says that when we give up our life, we find it. Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, let you, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, God says. And God promises us blessings if we're obedient to the word of God. You know, you don't, you don't obey to be saved. You obey because you are saved. Obedience is the fruit of salvation. And God's word says in Hebrews 12 that he disciplines every son whom he loves. And so whenever we step out of line, we step out from under God's refuge, we're out in Satan's territory, and that's when the fiery darts hit us. You know, it says he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will abide under the shadow and protection of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, you're my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I'll not be afraid of the terror by night, the arrow that flies by day, the noisome pestilence. Um, you cover me with your pinions, and underneath your wings I find refuge. Uh, a thousand will fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. I'll only look on with my eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Why? Because I make the Lord my refuge, even the most high my habitation. The scripture says, no evil will befall me, nor will any plague come near my dwelling. So when we step outside of God's refuge, uh, step out in the flesh, we step out into Satan's realm, out from under God's protection and his refuge. And some of the blessings, and I'm just going to read some of the blessings from Deuteronomy uh, 28, verse 1. It says, now it will come about if you will diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Now, that's an encouraging word, to be set high above the nations of the earth. Some of those nations are out to kill us or hate us, but God says he sets us high above the nations of the earth. He says all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if, if, if you obey the Lord your God. So they're going to run you down. Blessings will run you down. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be uh, the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beast and the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Now, I know most people don't have uh, flocks and, and um, uh, horses and cows and cattle and uh, have gardens, but this just represents the stuff, our stuff. We all have stuff. Um, 28 verse 5 says Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl That means you'll have plenty of food Blessed shall you be when you come in Blessed shall you be when you go out So wherever you are you're blessed The Lord make, shall cause your enemies Who rise up against you To be defeated before you They will come out against you one way And they will flee before you seven ways Now that's an encouraging thing That your enemy is if he, it didn't say he's not coming against you, but it says if he comes against you, he has to flee seven ways, and um, he'll flee before you seven ways. That means he gets scattered. You scatter the enemy, um, and that's, in, that's encouraging because we live in a world where everything's danger. We hear about terrorists. We hear about 
uh, ISIS trying to kill us and, and uh, all kinds of evil people, illegal aliens, people coming into our country who want to kill us. And God says that they will be defeated before us and they'll come against us one way and they have to flee and they'll flee seven ways. So there's a scattering of the enemy. Verse 8 says, the Lord will command the blessings upon you are born and in all that you put your hand to do. Um, and he will bless you in the land which, where the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he swore to you, if, if, if you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And I want you to notice in this verse that God's going to establish you as a holy people. It's not anything that you can do. Um, and, and I guess you could picture it this way. The scripture says that God is the potter and we're the clay. And our clay is so full of junk. And if, you're a, if you were born uh, in a family that loved you based on your performance, then you get saved and you think God expects you to perform. He expects you to turn the potter's wheel. But you see, that's not true. That's a legalistic person that tries to, to fix himself. God expects the clay to do one thing, and we're the clay, and that's to yield to the potter, and the potter takes the trash out of the clay. But our part is to yield to the potter. And, and that's really a picture of obedience. If I say obedience immediately, you think I've got to turn the potter's wheel myself. But, but I like to use the word yield or surrender, which means obedience, but it implies that I'm helpless in my obedience. I give up in the midst of it. It means to come under the control of the potter. It's the potter's job to turn the potter's wheel, to fashion the clay, to mold the clay, to take the junk out of the clay, and, and it's and he does all the work. Our part is to yield to the potter. And so it's just a picture of, it's a picture of obedience, but uh, when I say yield or surrender, it's basically a picture of maybe, uh, you know, how the police, when they arrest someone, they pay, say, put your hands up. So it's just a picture of surrender. And so the Lord's going to establish you that we have to get on the potter's wheel. If we're off the potter's wheel, we're in rebellion. Most people uh, uh, that are believers, they're trying to do it themselves. They're trying to turn the potter's wheel, and they do it. they're trying because they think that's what God wants them to do, and God wants them to abide in him, which means to stay under his authority. And uh, when you sin, confess your sin, get back on the potter's wheel, and uh, you'll fall off the potter's wheel less and less as you mature in the Lord. You see, so, the, so all the peoples of the earth, will see that you're called by the name of the Lord, and they'll be afraid of you. And so when Jesus is reigning in our life, it says the people of the earth will see uh, that we're called by the name of the Lord, and they're going to be afraid of us. And I think you probably could say we could have some family members that treat us or other people treat us like they're afraid of us. And it's when Christ is ruling in our life, Jesus said if they rejected you, if they rejected him, they'll reject you. And so when you walk with God, rejection is to be uh, the normal thing. So the closer you get to the Lord, the more rejection. Uh, verse 11, the Lord will make you abound. And I'm going to say this, don't take it personal. The scripture says that, that uh, um, Noah can condemn the world by his righteousness. His righteous life, he condemned the world. And so if Jesus Christ is reigning in you. People feel condemnation, and it's not because of you. It's because... It's Christ in you that, that they're rejecting. So don't take it personal. Because in verse 11, the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body, the offspring of your beast, the, the produce of your ground. 
uh, in the land which the Lord swore to you, your fathers, to give you. The Lord will open for you his good uh, storehouse, the heavens, and give rain to you in its season. That's a picture of the Holy Spirit. It's a picture of prosperity on your, uh, it's a picture, picture of fruitfulness on your spiritual garden. He'll give you rain, which is a type of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in its season, and bless all the work of your hand, and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. So this kind of sounds like our credit cards are a curse. Is that correct? And so if you have one, you need to try to pay it off. Uh, if you can't pay it off each month, you, you don't need to have one. And um, and many people are in credit card debt, and I've been one of them. I praise God that he's got me out of it, and uh, I praise God that um, I've learned a, a valuable lesson through all of it. The Bible tells us not to owe anybody anything except to love them. Verse 13 says, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will be above and not be underneath. If, if, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today to observe them fully, and do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you, God says, to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. And you know what our other gods are today? We may, um, we may, you know, we may never uh, worship a Buddha or Kali or Dagon or Python or any of these uh, uh, occultic gods. But the, the gods that we, I've seen that we have in the body of Christ is that you've got to love me. You've got to bless me. You've got to value me. You've got to uh, accept me. You've got to give me attention. You've got to communicate with me. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to. The expectations that we put on other people and even on ourselves are false gods. You know you have a false god if it makes you angry when you don't get it or if somebody don't love you or somebody hurts you or somebody doesn't value you or talk to you or listen to you and you get angry, that's, that's hitting a, a, a hot button that's connected to a, a hot wire that's connected to an idol. And so you know it's an idol if you have fear that you won't get it if you don't have it and if you have it fear you'll lose it it's idolatry if you get depressed when you don't get it and so uh and that's basically the root of depression so that's how you can detect your idols is the scripture says that all iniquity is as idolatry so any sin that you commit uh will open you up to uh, demonic demonic powers and rebellion is at the root of, of, of all or most of all of our problems. Uh, rebellion can be defined as open, organized, and armed resistance to one's government or ruler. Uh, it's resistance or defiance of any authority, control. You see this defiance here in the United States already. Uh, you see people that are rising up uh, to, uh, to rebel. Uh, basically, you know, basically rebellion can be defined as any act uh, of disobedience toward God's word. Rebellion and pride are interrelated. Uh, when I'm in rebellion, I'm either consciously or unconsciously saying, God, I'm just really smarter than you. And so we can choose the yoke of Jesus that's light and easy, which is a humble yoke, to wear the yoke of Jesus. It's a spiritual yoke that I can't see with the human eye, but it's, it's, it's real. And um, the scripture says, Jesus says in Matthew 11, uh, 28 and 29, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul, for my burden is light and my load is easy. 
And so God, Jesus gives us an invitation to come and wear his yoke. It's light and easy, and you learn from him. He teaches you through that yoke. Um, it's an easy yoke. Uh, the hardest part is dying to myself and choosing God's way over my way. And I have to humble myself because he says, you know, come unto me, all you labor and heavy laden, for I am humble and meek. And so we have to, to come under God's control. We have to humble ourselves. Uh, or we can choose another yoke, the scripture that says that Satan is king over the sons of pride. And so he can, so the opposite of that is an iron yoke. And you can find that in Deuteronomy 28. And I'll read that here in a minute where it says that he'll put an iron yoke on your neck, then you'll serve your enemies in hunger and thirst and nakedness and the lack of all things, and he'll put an iron yoke on your neck until you're destroyed. And so here's just some of the repercussions of rebellion. Instead of blessings, you receive curses. Blessings are carried out by, the, by holy angels, and demons carry out the curses. Proverbs 26.2 says, A curse without a cause cannot lie. So if you have any of these things in your life, you have to find the cause and the good news is you can be rid of the curses by coming uh, under the lordship of Jesus and aligning yourself with the word of God. Deuteronomy 28:15 uh, says, But it shall come about if you will not obey the Lord your God to observe to all his commandments and his statutes with which I charge you today that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And I want to say this. If you grew up legalistic or performance-oriented, and your mother and daddy expected you to be perfect or they expected you per, to perform for love, then, you, then you'll hear these scriptures and it'll scare you to death. And, of course, we're supposed to have the fear of God that turns us away from evil. But, but as I read these uh, curses, uh, a, a person can say, oh, dear God, I'm in, I'm in terrible trouble and just panic. And, and, but God, this is not to cause you to panic or to be fearful, but it's to show you what's wrong with your life and how that if we yield to God in these areas, these curses can be broken. Um, and so if you're a legalistic person, you're trying to turn the potter's wheel, you're trying to do it yourself, and that's why you panic when you hear this. And, you know, the true fear of God will turn me away from evil, but a demonic fear of God will cause me to run away from God and be hysterically afraid of his word. And so God is just calling us to yield to him and he's going to take out the, dr- the, the dross. He's going to take out the junk. And he's going to establish us as a holy people. But he cannot do that. The only requirement he has of us is to get on the potter's wheel and yield to God because he's going to do everything else. Our part is to yield. One thing is all we have to do is come under his control. And, the, and all the rest is up to him. Uh, so I'm going to read these curses. And I, and I really, if you're listening... Uh, if you've got your Bible, I would like for you to circle the curses that you see that you're under. You know, at one time I, re- I would read these curses, and I, w- I see so many things that I was under the and they're under these so many curses. And now I can read it, and there's just a few. I've been repenting over Deuteronomy 28 for goodness for since 1982. I've been repenting, repenting over Deuteronomy 28, and I can tell you the curses are getting less and less. You know, salvation is a it's a process. Of, of us working out our salvation with fear and trembling and it lasts a lifetime and we're, to, we're you're never going to be perfect till you enter heaven god wants us to overcome these things in, in in our circumstances and then when when we go into heaven he jerks us into perfection 
Curse of, okay, let's start with verse 16. Curse shall you be in the city, and curse shall you be in the country. So wherever you go, you're under a curse. Curse shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. That means your food supply will be scanty or sparse or not in, not existent. Curse shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground. You see how your children will be cursed? You see how we're living under the generational iniquities of the forefathers? The Bible says the sins of the fathers pass on to the children to the third and fourth generation. Incest goes ten generations, which is about 2,044 fathers. Um, I'm not sure that's quite exactly right, but just about. Our uh, regular curses go uh, two and three generations, which is 30 to 40 uh, forefathers. And so uh, we're really uh, suffering because of the sins of our forefathers, and our children are suffering because of our You know, over the years, as I've repented uh, over scriptures and broken curses off my life, I see how curses have come off my children. Cursed shall you be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. In other words, all your stuff is going to be cursed. Cursed shall you be when you come in and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send upon you curses, confusion, and rebuke in all you undertake to do until you're destroyed and until you perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds. Because, why? Because you have forsaken me. So this is talking to believers. How can you forsake something you didn't hold to at one time? Um, and so many people don't believe that a, that a Christian can be under a curse. Um, but in uh, Galatians 3, I think it's 3, um, 11 through the end, the, the first part says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law that the blessings of Abraham might come upon us. But above that, two or three verses above that, it says, "Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in this book of the law." So that's the scripture that tells you that a Christian is under a curse. Another place is in, um, uh, I think it's First Corinthians 16. It says, "If anyone does not obey the Lord, let him be accursed." Um, in John 14:26, Jesus said, "If any, if um, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandment." Uh, but another scripture is in Revelation 22. I think it's the last verse or two. It says that there's curses if you add to the word of God or you take away from the word of God. In other words, if you change up the word of God to suit you, the scripture says that every curse in the Bible will be upon you. And so um, and so that's going to end when the, when the end of Re- Revelation is telling you when the end of the world comes, uh, you'll be under a curse if you add to or take away from the word of God. There's going to be a lot of pastors, a lot of preachers, a lot of teachers have to account to God in, in eternity for the lives they've destroyed because they didn't teach them to repent of their sin. And if you're attending a church that's not dealing with uh, your sin and not uh, teaching holiness and righteousness, the scripture says without holiness, no man's going to see the Lord. So if you're attending a church that's not teaching you um, a repentance, you're not in a church, you're not hearing from God because God's word jesus and all the prophets sought repentance the true prophets now you can find a bunch of false prophets here here in texas even that will tell you that uh, to fan your glory or tell you that a sinner can get on the highway of holiness but let me tell you the bible says in isaiah 35 that there's a highway of holiness and no lion no fool no i remember years ago of rebuking a false prophet here in texas he was saying that you know the sinners could get on the highway of holiness and i rebuked him and told him that he was 
uh, and I did it in love, uh, but I emailed him and told him that he was leading the body of Christ astray. And he told me I just didn't understand. He said maybe if they get on the highway of holiness that they'll they'll change. Well, that's not true. Uh, the scripture says no lion, which is Satan walks about like a roaring lion, no fool. And any time we're not walking in obedience to the Lord, we're a fool. And no unclean thing can walk on the highway of holiness. But the good news is if you confess your sin and uh, line yourself with the word of God, Jesus, I mean, the scripture says, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And so, um, so one of the curses the Lord will send on you, curses, confusion. And people don't believe that a Christian can have curses. Well, when you go to the doctor, he takes a, a medical history, and he calls it genes, but uh, God's word calls it, calls it curses. And so uh, I want to ask you a question. Here's the first one. He's going to send you cur- on your curses of confusion and rebuke in all you undertake to do. Can Christians be confused? Of course they can. Um, until you're destroyed, until you perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds because you have forsaken me. Uh, anytime I'm in rebellion, I'm forsaking what God's word says. He has commandments that he's given me and that he expects me to keep them. If not, I get spanked. The Lord will make the pestilence cling to you until he has consumed you from the land where you're entering to possess it. Now, the question I want to ask is, is who's sending it? So many people blame the devil for everything. It says the Lord will make the pestilence cling to you until he has consumed you from off the land where you're entering to possess it. That's one of the curses. Pestilence is sickness and disease. The Lord will smite you with consumption and with fever and with inflammation, with fiery heat, with a sword, with blight and mildew, and they'll pursue you until you perish. Um, Consumption is a wasting lung disease, any kind of a lung disease. Uh, can Christians have fever? You know, in the New Testament, Jesus rebuked the, uh, uh, the demon of fever, and the, and the person was delivered of the demon. Inflammation and fiery heat and with a sword with blight and mildew. Now, mildew can be candida. People have that. And, you know, when you see the word sword in the Bible, uh, you can say, here come the demons. In, in uh, Psalm 17, 13, uh, David said, Lord, uh, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase, save me from my enemies who are your sword. So, and that's in the King James Version. Um, uh, Psalm 17, 13 says that the enemy is God's sword. Paul said, your enemies are not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And so that's who your real enemy is. So the heaven which is over you, over your head shall be bronze, and the earth which is under you iron. And that means you won't get your prayers answered. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder and dust from heaven. It shall come down on you until you're destroyed. And I live in the country, and I have a gravel road. And when it doesn't rain, it's dusty to go down it. And it's a miserable uh, experience. But after it rains, you don't have to worry about the dust flying up. Um, In verse 25, the Lord shall cause your enemies to be defeated. The Lord shall cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You'll go out against them one way, but will flee seven ways before them, and you will be an example of, of terror to all the kingdoms of the earth. And so God is telling you that uh, that, that you're going to come against your enemies now, 
you know, the blessing was the enemy, your enemy is going to come against you. He's going to be afraid of you, and he's going to have to scatter seven ways when he comes against you one way. But here's the, the curse is he's going to, you're going to go out against him, and you're going to flee seven ways before them. And you'll be an example of terror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Your carcasses will be food to all the birds of the sky and to the beasts of the earth, and there will be no one to frighten them away. So um, no matter who you go to for deliverance or where you go, um, there'll be no one to frighten the demons away. And birds of the sky and beasts of the field are types and shadows of demons. In the New Testament, it says that Paul fought with the wild beasts of Ephesus. It wasn't saying that he was fighting with lions and tigers. He was fighting with people that were demonized or demon-possessed. It says your carcasses will be food to all the birds of the sky. And that's the type and shadow of the powers of darkness. In Mark 4 and Luke 8 and Matthew 13, uh, when Jesus tells the parable of the sower, how the sower goes out to sow the word and some seed falls beside the road and the birds come and eat the seed. Later on in that that chapter, Jesus explained to the disciples that Satan was the birds of the air. The Lord will smite you with the balls of Egypt. And with tumors and with a scab and from the itch from which you cannot be healed. Now, uh, can Christians have tumors? Can they have boils? Can they have scab? Can they have itch? And, and I want you to note here, it says, from which you cannot be healed. So you can go to the world for answers, and they can kind of give you something to maybe put on it and make you feel better or, or cut it out and shift it around or, or move it or add something or take something away. But uh, God's word says you cannot be healed. If you're under a curse, no place, no person, uh, Dr. So-and-so can't help you. Nobody can help you. But when you find the cause of the curse, as Proverbs, Pharaoh and his flitting like a swallow in its flying, so a curse without a cause cannot lie. So when you have any of these things, you look for the cause of the curse. The Lord will smite you with madness, or you see uh, anger and, and, and um uh, mental problems, all kinds of psychiatric problems, uh, and blindness with which you cannot, and with bewilderment of heart. So you see that blindness is a curse. Eye problems are a curse. And uh, we need to look for the, for the reason why we have these things. And I've been struggling with some things myself since, I, since 2008. But I'm looking for the cause of the curse. I'm not depending on the world to fix me because I know the world cannot fix me. And you will grope at noon as the blind man gropes in darkness. You know, noon is the brightest part of the day. But one of the curses is that you're going to grope at noon just like you're in the brightest part of the day, just like you're a blind man. And that's another route to eye problems. And you'll not prosper in your ways, but will only be oppressed and robbed continually with none to save you. You shall betroth a wife, and another man will violate her. Here you see divorce. Um, you shall build a house, but you'll not live in it. You'll plant a vineyard, but you'll not use its fruit. In other words, if you have a garden, it ain't going to work. Your ox shall be slaughtered before you, but you will not eat of it. Your donkey shall be torn from you, and you will not be not be restored to you. Your sheep be given to your enemies and you'll have none to save you and you know as when we're in covenant with the lord jesus as his as uh him being our covenant partner that means that our enemies are his enemies and his enemies are our enemies but he fights for us 
But when you're under the curse, you don't have anybody fighting for you. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people while your eyes look on and yearn for them continually, but there'll be nothing you can do. You know, when my my youngest son was 18 years old, uh, he was living a homosexual lifestyle and he moved to New York City, and there was not one thing I could do. My eyes looked after him and yearned for him, but there was nothing I could do. All I could do was pray, and I prayed, Lord, whatever it takes to bring this young man to repentance, I ask you whatever it is. And he died in 1989 of AIDS because he had refused to to um, walk with the Lord. And bless his heart, he said, Mama, I've tried to change. And, you know, at one point when he came home from New York, um, I really didn't want to see him. I was really upset with him. I was mad at him. But he called me on the phone and he said this to me, Mom, I'm sorry you feel like a... And he said it so humbly, Mom, I'm sorry you feel like a failure because of me. He said, Mom, I've tried to change, but it's just too hard. And from that moment, my heart was softened toward him because he took, he was taking accountability. And uh, even though basically he was just saying, Mom, I've just been too weak. But praise God, he got delivered. Uh, and, you know, I can, even though AIDS is a terrible disease, I can thank God for that disease because uh, he came to the Lord with all of his heart. And, uh, you know, that lifestyle is no worse than any other sin. Sin is sin to God, so I'm not talking against homosexuals any more than I'm talking against an adulterer or a fornicator or a person that's addicted. God loves everyone, and the good news is we don't have to live that way. But my son is in heaven now, and but uh, that dreaded disease would be the thing that brought him to Christ. And he said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. It was good that I was afflicted because now I keep his word. So praise God, I'm going to see my Todd again. And if you're listening in and you'd like to hear his testimony, you can go on YouTube.com and pull up Todd's Greatest Regret, and you can see his testimony made 13 days before he died of AIDS. He died, um, he was three days past his 25th birthday when he, when he went to be with Jesus. And um, the Lord told me seven years before he got AIDS, there was going to be something that would happen to him that would bring him to the Lord. But I thought he was going to live. I never dreamed that he would be serving God through a YouTube video. Um, anyway, in verse 23, it says, A people who you do not know shall eat up the produce of your ground and all your labors, and you'll never be anything but oppressed and crushed continually. You know, um, I know people right now that are only, they're being robbed continually, oppressed and and crushed continually because they refuse to repent of sin. Uh, They don't believe. And so, Lord, I pray for all the people that are listening in that are oppressed and robbed continually. Father, I loose on them the truth that sets them free. Show them why, Lord, in Jesus' name. And show me why the why's, the, the answers to the whys I'm asking you, God. And show each person that's listening in why they're going through what they're going through so they can get out from under the curse and be walking in blessings. In verse 34, it says, You shall be driven mad by the sight of what you see. So there's mental illness. Driven mad by the sight of what you see. That's another root side problem. And I just break that curse off of every person who's listening in. The Lord will strike you on the knees and legs with full balls from which you cannot be healed from the sole of your foot even to the crown of your head. The Lord will bring you and your king whom you set over you. So this is not King Jesus. This is having another king, somebody else that's controlling your life. 
you know, in Romans 6, it says, whatever you let control you becomes your master. So the Lord's going to bring you and your king whom you shall set over you. God's not setting this king over you. It's because you've got another king other than Jesus um, to a nation which you neither do your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone. You shall become a horror and a proverb and a taunt among all the peoples where the Lord drives you. Now I want you to see the Lord's doing it. You don't have to worry about it. Sure, that when you get out from under God's refuge, the devil can attack you. So uh, it's not God's not moving off you. You're moving from him, and that's why um, you're being attacked by the enemy. You should bring out much seed to the field, but you're going to gather in little, for the locust shall consume it. And the locust is another type and shadow of the powers of darkness. You shall plant and cultivate vineyards, but you will not drink of the wine or gather in the grapes, for the worms shall devour them. So if you have a fruit tree, an olive tree, the worms are going to devour them. You see, that's a curse. You shall have olive trees throughout your territory, but you will not uh, anoint yourself with oil, for your olives will drop off. You shall have sons and daughters, but they'll not be yours. They'll go into captivity. So I'm asking those of you who've got children that are in rebellion, have they gone into captivity because you uh, have been under the curse, even raising them? You didn't train them up in the way they should go. You didn't discipline them like God told you to. And because of your disobedience, it says your sons and daughters will not be yours. They'll go into captivity. And for those of you who are listening in, many who are listening in are, have gone into captivity because of the sins of our forefathers. So if you see this in your life, deal with your generational curses. The cricket shall possess all your trees and the produce of your ground. The alien who's among you will rise higher and higher and you'll go lower and lower. We see this happen right here in America. The alien is rising higher and higher and we're going lower and lower. He shall, send, he shall lend to you, but you will not lend to him. He shall be the head and you will be the tail. You know, I see so many wives trying to make their husbands uh, the head and because he's under this curse of being the tail no matter how hard your wife tries to make you the head you're still the tail because you're under a curse get your life right with God um, let me just tell you men women want a strong godly women want a strong uh, leader a spiritual leader um, and I tell this to the men I just recently taught a conference in Beaumont and I tell the men this I don't know what it is about women. We'll do anything we can to get our own way. And then when we get our way, we hate hate the man's guts. And so if your wife is hating you or she despises you, it's because you need to align yourself with the word of God and you need to be the head of the house and not the tail. So all these curses will come on you and overtake you until you're destroyed because you would not obey the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which, with which I command you. They shall become a sign and wonder on you and your descendants. So, Lord, we ask you to break this curse so that this won't be a sign and wonder on us. And it says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and with glad heart for the abundance of all things. And, you know, sometimes in ministry we can get weary and we don't look forward to going to teach because it's a lot of work. We have to deny ourselves or we have to get up and, when I go to Lake Hamilton Bible Camp, we have to get up like at 4 o'clock in the morning and pray for people, you know, till 6 o'clock. Uh, I mean, at 6 o'clock, begin the prayer change to pray for people, uh, sometimes till 9, till 9 o'clock. That's a lot of work. But God says we need to do it with joy and with a glad heart. And I've, that's been convicting to me. And so, Lord, we ask you to 
restore our first love, that we won't be lukewarm, but, Lord, we'll be on fire for you. Verse 48 says, Therefore you will serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. Now, Paul, the Apostle Paul said your enemies are not flesh and blood, but they're principalities and powers. And it says who the Lord will send against you. Now, who's sending it? The Lord. You don't have to blame it on the devil. The Lord sent it against you. The Bible says everything was made by God and for God, and there was without him there wasn't anything that was made that was made, that, that even the demons were made for God's purposes. The Bible says that he's created the smith to blow the coals. He's created the destroyer to ruin. And everything's been made by him and for him. And so it says, whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and the lack of all things, and he'll put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. Now that's just the opposite of, <coughs> excuse me, Matthew 6.33 that says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, from the ends of the earth. Could be, it could be ISIS. The eagle, as the eagle swoops down, a nation whose language you shall not understand. A nation of fierce countenance who will have no respect for the old or show favor to the young. Moreover, it shall eat the offspring of your herd and the produce of your ground until you are destroyed, who also leaves you no grain, no wine, no oil, nor the increase of your herd, nor the young of your flock until they have uh, caused you to perish. So that's just your stuff. Uh, he shall besiege you, it shall besiege you, the curse, in all your towns until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted in come down. So God says you're going to be besieged. These curses are going to be on you till you repent of the things you're trusting in, the idol, things that you're trusting in to function. It says until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted in come down throughout your land, and it shall besiege you in all your towns throughout your land, which the Lord your God has given you. Then you shall eat the offspring of your own body. Now, you can see how sin, a person that, that lives under these curses, you can see the, the decline and the degradation. The, the, the stronger these curses are, the more depraved people are. In other words, the siege and distress is going to get so bad that people are going to eat their own kids. And they do this because there's nothing else to eat. And they do this in Satan worship. Uh, two, not because they don't have anything to eat, but that's just something evil that they do. It says, um, then you shall eat the offspring of your own body, the flesh of your sons and of your daughters, whom your, the Lord God has given you during the siege and distress by which your enemy will oppress you. The man who is refined and very delicate among you shall be hostile toward his brother and toward the wife he cherishes and toward the the rest of his children who remain so that it will not so that he will not even uh, give one of them any of the flesh of his children which he has which he will eat since he has nothing else during the siege and distress by which your enemy will oppress you in all your towns the refined and delicate woman among you who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground for delicateness and refinement shall be hostile uh, toward the husband she cherishes and toward her son and her daughter. You know, I remember I used to be under this curse. Um, like I would be sitting when my kids were growing up around the dinner table and just the sound of their voices made me just want to scream. And that's hostility. And I thank God that that curse has been broken off me because I can 
be around my family and kids today, and no matter what they do, it, it doesn't distress me. Of course, unless I see them doing something or saying something that displeases the Lord, but I thank God I have I have godly kids, and I'm thankful. It says, and toward her afterbirth, which issues from between her legs. In Satan worship, they even eat their own afterbirth in ritual. And toward the children whom she bears, for she will eat them secretly for a lack of anything else during the siege and distress by which your enemy will oppress you in all your towns. If, if, if you are not careful to observe all the words of of this law, which are written in this book, to fear this honored and awesome name, the Lord your God, the Lord will bring extraordinary plagues on you and your descendants. There you see all kinds of diseases and sicknesses, even severe and lasting plagues and miserable and chronic sicknesses. He will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you are afraid, and they will cling to you. Excuse me. And so um, they'll cling to you. Now, how can in, in covenant with the Lord, he took away sickness, at Calvary, Jesus Christ became a curse for us at Calvary. Um, by his stripes we're healed. But that's when we're walking in covenant with him. But when we're when we disobey, not walk in love, and we break God's word, then he brings back on us all the diseases of Egypt. And that's Egypt is a type of the world. So all the diseases in the world which you were afraid they will cling to you and you say, Well that you know, that didn't cover anything I have. Well the next verse says also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law, the Lord will bring on you until you destroy. And so that includes any uh, disease or sickness that's never been uh, discovered. Then you shall be left few in number, whereas you are as numerous as the stars of heaven, because you did not obey the Lord your God. It will come about that the Lord, uh, as the Lord delighted over you to prosper you under the blessings, the opposite of that and, and multiply you so now the Lord will delight over you to make you perish and destroy you and you will be torn from the land where you're entering to possess it you know most people are blaming the devil is doing a number on them when actually God's allowing him to did you know the devil cannot do anything that God does not let him do today people treat the devil like he's more powerful than God and he's not he's just a um He's just, for example, in a, in a regular uh, courtroom, there's a judge, there's an officer, and there's a prison. Well, in the spiritual uh, courtroom, God's the judge, the demons are the officer, and there's a spiritual prison people go into when they violate the law. You know, I can drive through my town, and if I drive the speed limit, I'm not under the laws of that town. But if I break the law I break the, and, and drive above the speed limit, I, I violate the laws of, of the town I live in, and I can I can get a ticket or even go to jail. So basically, the point I'm trying to make is that you're not under the law. As long as you're obeying God's law, you're not under it. But you violate it, and you've got another, uh, you've got different, uh, a different a spiritual judge in a spiritual prison. Moreover, the Lord will scatter you among all the people from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth, and there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone, and you and you, uh, which you and your fathers have not known. Among those um, nations you shall find no rest, and there will be no resting place for the sole of your foot. But there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing eyes, and despair of soul. So you see eye problems. Failing eyes, despair of soul, 
trembling heart. You know, that could be heart palpitations or heart trouble. Uh, you'll find no rest. And why is no rest a curse? Because the blessing is Jesus gives us an invitation that we can come to him and find rest if we come under his yoke. Um, but here, when we're in rebellion, you're not under God's yoke, and so you have no rest. only place we have rest is when we wear the yoke of Jesus that's light and easy, and he says we'll find rest for our soul. So your life will hang in doubt before you, and you'll have no assurance of your life. Instead, um, let's see, you'll have you'll be in in dread night and day, and don't have no assurance of your life. And dread, that word dread, is means fear. In the morning, you'll say, "Oh, evening." In the evening, you'll say, "Oh, it's your morning," because of the dread of your heart, of what your eyes see. The Lord will bring you back to Egypt in ships by a way which you, uh, which I spoke to you, and you'll never see it again. And there you will offer yourself for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves with no buyer. Nobody's even going to want you. And when he says, I'll bring you back to Egypt, he's taking you back to the world. You get in sin, and, and you'll see a drifting toward the world. Um, so those are curses. So that's a repercussion of... Uh, rebellion is being under the curses and not the blessings. You can also read some more curses in Leviticus 26. The second thing rebellion does, it places you under the shadow of death instead of the shadow of the Almighty. Psalms uh, 91, if you picture Psalms 91 as a big umbrella being in God's refuge, uh, when you're outside of God's umbrella, then you're under the shadow of death. You're either under the shadow of the Almighty through submitting to the, submitting to the Lordship of Jesus or you're outside of God's refuge under the shadow of death. The next thing, it places you in enemy territory. When you get outside of God's refuge, uh, you're in enemy territory. Psalm, uh, Proverbs 16, 7 says, If a man's ways please the Lord, it makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And that scripture gives me tremendous comfort in this world is if I keep my life Submitted to God And my ways are pleasing God I don't have to fear ISIS I don't have to fear anything uh, Proverbs seventeen eleven says A rebellious man seeks only evil Will be sent against him And so wonder who that cruel messenger is Here comes the demon You know I, I sit under Milton Greenstein uh, Many of 55 of his meetings In Dallas, Texas And he'd say you know If, uh, if, if, if I'm in God's refuge uh, Psalms 91, I have a head to protection around me. And if I get in sin, he would say, heads down, sick them. So when the hedge is down, here come the demons. And God doesn't protect, um, God doesn't think kindly of us living in sin. Psalms 41:11 says, I know God is pleased with me when my enemy does not shout triumph over me. So if the enemy's beating me up day and night, then God's not pleased about something, and I need to find out what it is so I can get back under God's refuge. The next thing is that I'll be swallowed up by the enemy. You know, you can have demons inside of you, but you can also be inside the demons. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I mean, in the Greek, gulp down, uh, drink down and swallow up. So the devil can swallow you up. You can be swallowed up in fear. You can be swallowed up by the enemy. Amos 9.3 says, Though they hide in the summit of Carmel, 
I will search them out and take them from there. And though they conceal themselves from my uh, sight on the floor of the sea, from there I will command the serpent and it will bite them. And, of course, the serpent is always a type and shadow of Satan. Uh, In Jonah chapter 2, remember Jonah, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, and he didn't want to go preaching Nineveh, so God let a big whale swallow him. You know, God has a way to put a little pressure on us to make us want to obey. Um, You know, I used to tell my grandkids this story when they were little, that Jonah, uh, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, and he wouldn't go to Nineveh. So so God uh, let this big whale swallow him. And he was sitting down on the whale's tooth with all moss all over his head. And he said, I will obey you, Lord. And the Lord let the the big fish uh, burp him up on dry land. And he grabbed his Bible and put it under his arm and he ran to Nineveh. And so I used to tell them that story. In Genesis 3, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, um, God told, uh, after Adam sinned, God told the serpent, he said, you're going to crawl on your belly and eat dust. And he told Adam, he said, Adam, you're dust. So basically what he's saying is, Adam, every time your flesh manifests, I command the serpent and it bites you. Nahum 3.11 says, you too will become drunk. You will be hidden. You too will search for refuge from the enemy. For your fortifications are like fig trees with ripe fruit. When shaken, they fall into the, the eater's mouth. So basically the things that we make a refuge out of, of, you know, we can make a refuge out of caffeine, out of drugs, out of alcohol. We can make a refuge out of people, out of all kinds of things, um, food, or whatever we're trusting in. Um, our fortifications, God said that all these false refuges are like fig trees with ripe fruit, fruit. The minute you shake the tree, the fig falls into somebody's mouth, and that's how we get swallowed up. Um, I'm going to mention drunkenness too. It says you'll become drunk, but you will, but you will be hidden. You too will search for a refuge from the enemy. All your fortifications are fig trees with ripe fruit. You know there's a there's a movement going, and especially in churches in America, of spiritual drunkenness. I've written a little book that you can order online at jerrymcgee.com. That's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E dot com on, on drunkenness. Is it a blessing or curse? And in, in, that, in that little book, I go through every scripture. I put every scripture in the word of God on drunk, drunken, sober, alert. And there's not one scripture that is um, validating the, the, the movement of drunkenness. In fact, it's a curse uh, that God puts on the harlot. You know, God has a table and uh, that he wants to set a table before that, that has wine and bread, the bread of life, uh, the good wine of God's word. But there's also a table of demons. And, and God, it says, if you do a word study on drunk, I mean, sorry, on wine and new wine, you'll see that, uh, in drunken, you'll see that God mixed up the cup of the wine of his wrath. He makes the harlot drink and it makes her drunk. And so uh, a spiritual drunkenness, and some of you who are listening in maybe don't know what I'm talking about, but I've been to meetings where people were so spiritually drunk they couldn't stand up and they never had a drink, drink of alcohol. And you, um, it's, it's a judgment on spiritual adultery. When you pray a prayer to receive Jesus, you're going to be the bride of Christ. And so our heart goes after flesh, after other lovers, uh, after our idols, 
and uh, we're spiritual adulterers because we commit spiritual adultery against our bridegroom Jesus. And so drunkenness is not a blessing, it's a curse. And if you're in a church like that, you need to come out. You need a lot of deliverance because in the midst of all of that, you can get a kundalini spirit, which is a hard thing to get delivered from, but you can get delivered. Uh, also, rebellion is at the root of mental illness. You know, in, in the Old Testament, if a child was rebellious, um, the the they would take the child outside the, and the elders would stone him to death with real rocks, with physical rocks. Well, today we get stoned if we're outside of God's umbrella of protection and we get outside of out in Satan's territory and we get spiritually stoned by the demons. And so, um, and so, and also I've seen, you know, when I had my ministry forum where people would uh, send their, their kids for, you know, a place where they could recover, uh, I'd have these parents call me and they'd, they'd maybe have a 40-year-old son or a 30-year-old daughter that was still living with them that was on psychiatric medicine. And I would uh, ask them, did you discipline your child? And they'd say, well, you know, I'm really sorry I didn't. You know, discipline doesn't necessarily be a, be a, doesn't necessarily mean a spanking, but it means to train the child up in the way they should go. And when a, when a child is not disciplined according to the word of God, he doesn't feel good about himself. His body doesn't produce the proper amounts of serotonin, endorphins, and dopamine. And, um, and so he doesn't feel good about himself. And so you go to the world for answers, uh, go to psychiatrists, and the scripture says in Colossians 2, 8, 9, see to it no one takes you captive by the philosophies of the world, by the elemental principles of the world rather than Christ. Psychology and psychiatry takes you captive. It's the philosophy of the world. In fact, the, the fathers of psychiatry, were in, they were into perversion. They were into the occult. And uh, I once had a lady come to one of my meetings, and she got so much deliverance, she went back to her psychiatrist, and he told her, he said, you'll always have mental problems. And I said, you know, he's right. If you keep going to him, you'll keep having it, plus you're paying them, telling how much to him each hour. And you actually can get demons that way instead of getting free from demons. And so mental illness is rooted in rebellion. Uh, God tells us to discipline our children and to use the rod on them if we have to because we love them. A child that's not disciplined God's way doesn't feel loved. Uh, Isaiah 1.3 says, An ox knows its owner and a donkey its master's manger. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Alas, so he's talking about his people. Alas, sinful nation, people weighted down with iniquity, offspring of evildoers. And, of course, most of us are offspring of evildoers. Sons who act corruptly, they have abandoned the Lord. So how can you abandon the Lord if you didn't claim that, that he was yours? They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away from him. And then God says in verse 5 of Isaiah 1, where will you be stricken as you continue in your rebellion? The whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. That word sick is not, um, is in, uh, in uh, the Hebrew, it means a person that's been flogged in the head. It's not so much talking about physical sickness as it is a person that's been flogged in the head. And the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it, only bruises, well, and raw wounds. Now, you say, well, I don't have bruises, welts, and raw wounds, but it's the spiritual bruising and welts and raw wounds. If you can see like angels and demons see, 
you would see bruises, welts, and raw wounds, not pressed out or bandaged or softened with oil. Your land is desolate. That's your, you know, we're land. First uh, Corinthians 3, 9 says you're a building, you're a house, and you're a field. <coughs> um, Mark 4 and Luke 8 and Matthew 13 says you're soil. So your land is desolate. Cities are burned with fire. In Matthew 5, Jesus told the disciples, they, they said a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. It says your fields, strangers are devouring. That's enemy, the enemy. Did Jesus say, my sheep hear my voice and they obey me and they'll not follow the voice of a stranger? That's the voice of another. It says strangers, in other words, demons are devouring them in your presence. It is desolation as overthrown by strangers. The daughter of Zion, that's the church member, is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a watchman hut in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. Another thing rebellion does, it's a work of the flesh. And the Bible says, if you practice the deeds of the flesh, you'll not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Um, Galatians 5.19 says, uh, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity. And that word sorcery is, I think in King James it says witchcraft, and it means pharmakia. <laughs> enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Uh, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, physical and spiritual drunkenness, carousing and things like these of which I forewarn you just as I forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's not talking about a one-time sin. It's talking about a, a practice, a habit, a custom, a lifestyle. If someone were to describe you, would they say that this is your practice or is this something maybe you get angry once a year? Uh, so is, the word is practice. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. Another thing that rebellion does is it causes our life to be fruitless. Uh, John 12.24 says, Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. He goes on to say, if you love your life and you hold on to it, you lose it, but you give up your life for his sake, you find it. And, you know, Watchman Nee in his book, The Release of the Spirit, he he uh, gives an example of this grain of wheat falling to the ground and dies. He says, you know, you, when, a, when a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, the moisture in that soil corrodes the outward shell of the wheat and then life brings forth. And so it's a picture of us being willing to give up our life for Christ's sake. So when we're dead to us, then the life of Christ comes through, and that's uh, fruitfulness. Um, and so when we don't produce fruit, uh, we get cut off, and the, and the, the, the tree cutters are demon power. Uh, and next thing is God removes his hedge, and we live in, in stress. In Luke 13, Jesus gives a parable of a man who had a fig tree and it didn't produce any fruit. And um, and so the, the the owner of the vineyard said, cut it down. It doesn't even use it. You know, it's worthless. And the vineyard keeper said, oh, no, let me dig around it and remove the stones and water it and fertilizer. And then next year, if it doesn't produce fruit, then you can cut it down. And Isaiah 5, actually that passage in Luke 13 was taken right out of Isaiah 5 where God says that he looked for fruit in his vineyard and he didn't find any and 
He said, what more have I done for my vineyard? And he basically, he said, I I suffered and died for it. In fact, he's given us all tiny to life and godliness. And he said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I'm going to remove the hedge, and it's going to become trampled ground, and I'm not going to prune it. I'm not going to hedge it. And then he says, I looked for justice and didn't find any. I looked for righteousness and couldn't find it. And behold, a cry of distress. In that passage, he says, the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. And so he, when he couldn't find righteousness and justice, he said when he removes the hedge, there's nothing but distress. And, of course, that word distress today could be translated stress. If you go to the doctor and he says, I can't find anything wrong with you, it's just stress-related, hey, you got the hedge down somewhere because God doesn't want us to live in distress. Uh, we get cut down by the tree cutters in uh, Isaiah 14. It says that it will be in that day when the Lord gives us rest from our pain and our turmoil and hard service with which we've been uh, enslaved. We know that hasn't happened yet because we still have turmoil and harsh service. It says that you will take up this taunt against the, in other words, when the land's at rest, you're going to take up this taunt against the king of Babylon, which is the type of Satan, and you're going to say how the oppressor has ceased and how a fury has ceased. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of rulers, which used to strike his people with um, fury and with unceasing strokes, which subdued the nations in anger and unrestrained persecution. We know that's still happening. and But there's going to be a time coming when Jesus comes back when, and the whole earth is at rest. We know it's not at rest and is quiet that they break forth with shouts of joy. Now you see the trees getting happy. Psalms 1 says we're trees. It says, even the cypress trees rejoice over you, and the cedars of Lebanon saying, since you, king of Babylon, were laid low, no tree cutter comes up against us. Jeremiah 46, 22, talking about the tree cutters. Its sound moves along like a serpent, for they move on like an army of like an army and come to her as woodcutters with axes. Uh, another repercussion of, of rebellion is that it brings me back under the law. Uh, when I'm under God's refuge, my life will produce love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. If I'm outside of God's refuge, there is a law. And so... Um, So when we're outside of God's refuge, it brings us back under the law. It says, but we know that in 1 Timothy 1.8, we know the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that law is not made person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious and ungodly and sinners and unholy and profane for those who kill their fathers and their mothers and for murderers, for sexually immoral people, um, sexually immoral men and... and, um, homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching. So any sin would be contrary to sound teaching. The scripture says the law of the spirit in life Christ the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets me free from the law of sin and death. And when I'm outside of God's refuge I crave. When I'm under the law there'll be cravings. If I picture again Psalms ninety one like a big umbrella uh, there's no law when I'm under it because my life's producing the fruit of the spirit. I get outside of the law. I produce the fruit of the flesh. There is a law, and it says that the law arouses in me sinful passions. 
you know, for years I struggled with that, and the Lord taught me through my own addictions. When I was 13 years old, my mother took me to a diet pill doctor, and um, I said, I asked her, do I have to have a shot? She said, yes, and I said, well, then I'm not going. She said, yes, you are. So she took me to a diet pill doctor, and I was addicted to diet pills for 17 years. And uh, I always wondered why I never feel free, and it was because, uh, and she she meant well, but she didn't know to take me to the Lord. She didn't have the faith to believe in the Lord, and I don't think at that time she even knew the Lord, even though she was a really good woman. But when she put me, when she took me to the world, she put me outside uh, of God's law, and uh, it 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 created in me sinful passions, made me crave. Mm-hmm. And so when the Lord showed me, as I was seeking the Lord one day, the Lord showed me that. So I forgave her and brought myself under God's refuge. Galatians 5.16 says, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The next thing that being rebellious does, it brings me curses of sickness. And we read all those curses in Deuteronomy 28. Um, Rebellion opens me up to a yoke of bondage. Uh, Romans 8.13 says, Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, for we have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but we've received the spirit whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So you could call that a yoke of iron, a yoke of Ephraim, a yoke of pride as you look up the word yokes in the Bible. The only yoke that frees me from all of that is the yoke of Jesus. And when I'm opened up to fear, that's the root to autoimmune diseases. All autoimmune diseases are rooted in fear. And because of the sin of idolatry, rebellion is idolatry, I stay wounded in those areas. When I turn to the Lord and lay down my idols, then God heals me. But when I hold on to an idol, I stay wounded. And uh, most most people I've met today were born outside of God's refuge because mom and dad were not under God's refuge. And so most people today were just born outside of God's refuge. But the good news is that the name of the Lord is a strong power. The righteous can run into it and are safe. And so uh, the, 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 uh, the strong power is more real than the building you're in. It's a spiritual place that you cannot see with spiritual eyes. Uh, the name of the Lord is a strong power. Uh, that's the same as, as dwelling in the secret place of the Most High God, abiding under God's shadow and under his protection And so the good news is that we can run into the name of Jesus And if you're listening, if you're where you can And if you're maybe driving in a car when you're listening When you get home, run into the, run into the name of Jesus And run into God's refuge And uh, run into his arms The name of the Lord in uh, Proverbs 18.10 The name of the Lord is a strong power The righteous can run into it and are safe and that's where we need to live and abide. It's the same as being on the potter's wheel. <clears throat> and so if you're listening in, uh, what I'm going to do is leave you in repentance, and then I'm going to do deliverance. And then I'll tell you about the ministry. And then if you want uh, prayer, uh, I mean, if you want personal prayer, you can call in at 646-595-4784. And then don't forget to press 1. And so if you're, if you're pray with me, if you will. And uh, let's repent of rebellion for Lord in the name of Jesus. And just repeat after me, Lord, in Jesus' name, I ask you to forgive me for rebellion. Forgive me for resisting authority. Forgive me for disobedience to your voice and your commandments. Lord, forgive me for resistance to 
uh, government and rulers. Uh, forgive me, Lord, for defiance of authority and, and tradition. God, forgive me for disobedience to your voice and your commandment. Forgive me for pride. God, in the name of Jesus, I forgive me for, uh, Lord, I want to wear your yoke. You said that I can come to you because I labor and I'm heavy laden, and you said you'll give me rest. And those of you who are listening in, be sure and pray these words with me. I humble myself before you, Lord. I come to you. I ask you to yoke my neck with the yoke of heaven. Father, I ask you to forgive me for disobedience to your voice and your commandments that would bring all these curses on me in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask for the truth that sets me free in Jesus' name. I ask you to show me the cause of every curse that I've been under in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you died on the cross that the blessings of Abraham might come to me. God, forgive me for not obeying your law, obeying your word. Forgive me for not walking in love. Forgive me for not treating others the way I want to be treated. God, in Jesus' name, I ask you, Father, that you will um, uh, let me know the truth, Lord, that sets me free. Forgive me for being an offspring of an evildoer. I forgive my forefathers, Lord, for forsaking you. Forgive me for forsaking you. Lord, I want to line my life up with your word. Uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, I ask you to break the curses of Deuteronomy 28 off my life. Uh, and if you're listening in, I, incur- I encourage you to go back and personally break those things off you, um, break the curses, and uh, line your life with the Word of God. Uh, in the name of Jesus, Father, forgive me for defiance. Forgive me for not having the knowledge that keeps me from perishing. God, I ask you to take the iron yoke off my neck, the yoke of Ephraim, uh, the yoke of bondage that's caused my life to to uh, be dominated by fear. God, I ask you to bring me under your refuge. I forgive my mother and father that I was born out in Satan's territory. <clears throat> God, forgive me that my ways have not pleased you. Forgive me for rebellion that would cause you to send a cruel messenger against me. Uh, forgive me for not being sober and alert so that caused the devil to swallow me up and the serpent to bite me. Forgive me for being like Jonah. God, I choose to obey you. Uh, Father, in Jesus' name, forgive me for making false refuges. Forgive me for making refuges out of uh, food and alcohol and drugs and performance and sex and uh, all these things that I've been trusting in besides you. Uh, In the name of Jesus, forgive me for rebellion that's opened me up to mental illness. I forgive my parents for not training me up in the way I should go. I forgive them for not disciplining me. Uh, Lord, I've been being spiritually stoned. Uh, God, forgive me for, I forgive my forefathers that were evildoers. Forgive me for being an evildoer. Forgive me for not training up my children the way they should go. Forgive me for practicing the deeds of the flesh. Forgive me for sexual immorality and impurity and sensuality and idolatry and sorcery. Forgive me for enmity, strife, jealousy, witchcraft, sorcery, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions. Forgive me for envy, spiritual drunkenness, physical drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. God, forgive me for practicing these things. God, forgive me for not walking in the spirit. Forgive me for not being willing to give up my life that I might find it. God, I ask you to restore the hedge around me, a hedge of protection. Remove the distress. Uh, Lord, I just get on your potter's wheel. I yield to you. 
God, forgive me for being performance-oriented, trying to turn the potter's wheel myself, trying to make myself holy when you said you will establish me in holiness and righteousness. God, I pray that you put the hedge around me, remove the tree cutters in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for fruitlessness uh, in the name of Jesus. Um, Lord, forgive me for uh, being lawless and rebellious ungodly forgive me for being unholy and profane for killing my father and mother with words of physical murder forgive me for murder sexual immorality god forgive me for homosexuality kidnapping lying forgive me for being a perjurer Uh, god in the name of jesus um, i ask you that the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus will set me free from these cravings from drug addictions forgive me for making uh Satan, my king, letting whatever controls me become my king. I ask you to break curses of sickness, curses of Deuteronomy 28. Um, Break off this yoke of bondage that's caused my life to be a slave to fear. God, I ask you to heal the autoimmune diseases. Forgive me for idolatry. Father, I bring each person who's listening under your shadow, under your, each person who's praying that prayer, I bring under your shadow, Lord, under uh, your refuge in Jesus' name. And, Lord, uh, if you're able, if you're where you can run into the, to the name of Jesus, I just ask you to run into the name of Jesus right now. Lord, I just thank you and praise you that we have a refuge in you. I just praise you and bless you, Lord. And, Lord, I just ask you to forgive each person from the sins that they've confessed. Uh, I, bind, I bind the strong man over every life. I spoil his good. I bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places from each person in Jesus' name. And I command every demonic spirit that came in through the sins they confess to leave now. I command fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, anxiety, tension, stress, nervousness. I command depression, sorrow, grief, sadness. I command hopelessness, despair, depression, leave now in Jesus' name. I command all lies and lying, unbelief and doubt, adultery, fornication, sensuality. I command sexual immorality to go. I command homosexuality to go. In Jesus' name, I command lying spirits to go in the name of Jesus. Antichrist spirits, I command you to go. All fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, torment, tormentors, go now in Jesus' name. I break your power, prayerlessness, distraction from the word, spiritual idolatry, spiritual adultery. I command the spirit of drunkenness to leave now in Jesus' name. Spiritual drunkenness, command you to go. Kundalini spirits, leave now. Gluttony, self-indulgence, addictions. I break every yoke of bondage, every yoke of addiction. I command you to leave now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I command grief, brokenhearted, sad, sorrow, pain, leave. Sickness, distress, disease, I command you to go. Plague. I command you to go. Infirmity, unclean spirits, leave now in the name, power, blood, and authority of Jesus. I, I command every spirit that would not confess Jesus Christ as Lord to leave. Take a deep breath and blow out. The word spirit means breath. Go now in Jesus' name. We break your power in the mighty name of Jesus. You have to leave in Jesus' name. I command you to go now in Jesus' name. Praise you, mighty God. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Every person that prayed that prayer, prayed with me now. Lord, fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, 
and self-control. Thank you for my deliverance, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we have authority over all your power. Thank you to some boats and chariots, some boats and horses, that we boast in the name of the Lord our God. Thank you that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us in Jesus' name. Well, I'm going to share a little bit about Abiding Life and about the ministry. And then at the end, if you want prayer, um, I'm going to give you a little time to call in, 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1. Uh, you can go into my website, jerrymcgee.com. That's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. And there's lots of free articles that you can read. There's lots of CDs with deliverance prayers. You can actually get deliverance through listening to all of the CDs. They all have deliverance prayers. Uh, There's a place to sign up for email. If you would like to give a gift, we would appreciate it. Um, And you can um, give a, you can, on my website, there's a place where you can send a gift through PayPal if you choose to do so. And also, I want to encourage you, the lady that supports this ministry, that finances this ministry, uh, Dorothy Carruthers, her email, if you want to send her a gift through PayPal, it's D like dog or D like Dorothy, uh, D churchy, <clears throat> the church with a Y on the end, one at hotmail.com. I encourage you to su- support uh, this ministry because I'm not the only one on her network, and she does a great service to for the body of Christ. Um but anyway, you can find free articles uh, if you would like a meeting um, um, to have a, hold a meeting in your area. You can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's D-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-M, B like boy, C like cat, global.net. Um, I have monthly meetings in Duncanville, Texas, and Duncanville borders Dallas on the, on the south side. Uh, and the next one will be, and they're free to attend. We take up a love offering, but they're free to attend. Uh, and it will be April the 8th, 2017. We start at 10 o'clock, and we go to 3 or 4 o'clock. And you can sign up for my email on my website, and I'll add you to the email list, and you'll be notified when I'm on the radio, um, also on Omega Man Radio, and you, you'll be notified uh, as to when I'm going to be on. Um and, and so I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp in Hot Springs, Arkansas, um, April the 13th and 16th. And it's a great place to go to get personal prayer for deliverance. We have deliverance teams that pray for people from uh, 6 o'clock till, you know, as long as there's people there to get prayed for. I'll be in York, Pennsylvania on September the 28th through the 30th, 2017. And I'll be in Corpus Christi, Texas in September, but that that uh, date has not been uh, confirmed, but it will be sometime in September. If you'll sign up for my email, then you'll you'll get uh, a flyer as to when it's going to be. Um, and I just appreciate you listening in. I hope you'll, if you've been blessed, that you'll uh, email us and tell us about your blessing. You can contact us at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. And... Uh, I guess that's all. But anyway, go to my website and be sure and sign up for email. And um, anyway, thank you for listening in. I hope you'll listen in again the the first um, the first and the third Tuesdays of the month. Uh, 
at 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. And our ministry is in Lindale, Texas. My address is Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas, 75771. God bless you, and thank you for listening in. I hope you'll listen in again. And uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you.